Welcome to the October 2012 edition of Ordinary Means. I'm your host, Sean Nolan, here with Matt Bowling. Hi, Sean. The slightly under-the-weather Matt Bowling. The slightly under-the-weather Matt Bowling is joining me. So if he, if he disappears for a minute, it's because he's run off to cough somewhere. Um, which is better than him coughing in your ear. So, warning: we're gonna. This is the little blinking light at the beginning of the podcast. Warning, podcast list, listener: at any point, coughing may occur. <laughs> <laughs> Remove your earbuds now, or as now Mac Apple is calling them. What are they now? They're not. They're not earbuds anymore. They're they're ear pods. Or ear, ear pods. There's something. They're, the new one. They just came up with a new one. It's ear. I think it's ear pods now. So you get the whole iPod in your. They they figured out a way to shove the entire. The, the iPods have gotten so small, you can now. How put small the, they gotten? Exactly, you can put the whole thing in your ear. Now, what were we talking about? And that gives new meaning to the sense of stick it in your ear, right? Exactly. <laughs> Sean and I are a little punchy today, so just, you're just going to have to take the humor bit. along the way. Yeah. Now, what were we talking about? What were we going to talk about today? I can't uh, remember. Oh, my. What was it? Um, you know, this is embarrassing, Sean. It is embarrassing. And I should have been paying attention before we started podcasting. Before I hit the record button. That's mm. right. We're oh, wait, talking, wait, wait, wait. Yeah. Something about paying attention. We're going to talk attention. today about paying attention. That's a good idea. Why didn't I think? Wait, I did think of that earlier. I just forgot. Uh, I wasn't paying attention when you yeah. said that. Yeah. Okay. So attention and the ordinary means. Is Is attention even... This is this is the question I find myself asking: Is attention even possible anymore? Um, you and I, Matt, were both longtime readers of Neil Postman, mm-hmm. and uh, and that's that's his one of his big pushes is that uh, what the new media does is it removes any need for um, thoughtful attention. Well, even like right now, I am finding myself, I just turned my computer screen off and I am standing with a blank screen because I'm finding that I am really bad at this, that I'll be on the phone with somebody doing more than one thing at once, something I'd never do if they were sitting in front of me, except if they went to the restroom. Um, I'll do if I'm on the phone with somebody and um, we're very distractible. I mean, this is, sounds like, you know, like trite, like, hey, guys, yeah, we're in the 21st century. Everyone's distractible. Live with it. But the ordinary means are something that require attention if they're going to make any difference to us. And if we're going to get there, it means we have to make certain changes in our own lives where we're giving attention to other things. Um, so that we're practicing. Yeah, because it's – I guess what what the argument would be is that attention – or the the lack of attention is is almost a universal concern. It's not just a thing in church. It's not just that we're not paying attention um, to preaching. It's not just that we're not paying attention long enough to be able to pray. Um, it's that we're not paying attention. We're we're living in what I have this. I have a quote here somewhere from. Um, uh, let me find it here. Uh, Linda Stone. You probably know this quote. She says that today we live in a state of continuous partial attention. Mm. And I, I love that quote. It's, it's, 
a um, we live in this state of never paying attention to one thing. Why do you think it's continuous partial attention? Well, I mean, I think there's a number of reasons. Um, I think we're lazy. Uh, and so late. it feeds our laziness. It, it it comes into the wheelhouse of our laziness. Yeah, it comes in. I think we're we want something more. We want something exciting. Um, I think we don't we don't love. I think love of neighbor really does come into play with the whole attention thing, and the new media, because Facebook is not loving your neighbor, Twitter mm. is not loving your neighbor, and what's happened is when these things have come along as replacements for social interaction. And in our selfishness, in our just natural, sinful, laziness and selfishness, I think we've responded and go, gone, oh, that's cool. I can have relationships with people without actually having relationships with people. and But, but be convinced in my mind I'm loving. And, and do it in a two-minute comment yeah, that required yeah, very, or, very little. Or less than that, in a click. I like your comment. Right. You know, I noticed this is. But I did like that comment you made last week. You you did like. I really really? did. I'm not aware that I posted anything on Facebook last week. (laughs) I I so try to ignore Facebook now, um, especially with their stock tumbling. Um, The the lower it goes, the more I try to ignore Facebook. But the the thing I've noticed when when Facebook was first around, um, because I have the way I have Facebook set up is if somebody posts something on my Facebook wall. Um, or they send me a message via Facebook, Facebook sends me an email that then I then get it in, because I like having one inbox. My email is my inbox. You are so old school, Sean. You do am, not compulsively I'm, look at Facebook 15 I'm times a day. Totally. In fact, if I, I could... You don't have the app on your phone? I like the fact that... It's not next to your... It's not on your bedstand. No. No. Isn't that the first thing you look at in the morning, the last oh, thing you look you at at night? No, I don't have Facebook so on my phone. Century. Nothing. So you know what? I even like that with my phone, with with Google Voice, if I get a text, I can have that emailed to me. Yes, so I that's just very nice. there's just one thing. I have one place I get my messages, and although I'm able to do everything, I can text. I can you know all these ways that people as a pastor, people want to get a hold of me. You know, you have so many people who just they all use different ways of of getting a hold of you. Some people who know my phone number. Uh, still message me on Facebook, and I, I can't figure that one out. Uh, I like now, though. It's, that's, it's it's easier for them. Yeah, that's what, maybe that's what it, or maybe they're spending too much time on Facebook, so it feels easier. It that, could be that could be part of it. But no. with Facebook, it used to be if somebody did certain things, that it would email you. Right. Um, they've increased the number of things that people can do that it will email you. So now, if you're tagged in a photo. Now, if you're and get the, this is the one that really gets me. Now, if somebody likes a comment you made, it will email you. So things before it used to be that it, only if somebody wrote or commented on a on a post I, I placed in Facebook would it email me. Well, now what it does is all they have to do is click like, and it'll email me and say so and so liked your liked your comment. But you you notice, do know you can turn that setting off. I can, but uh, you know, it's it's. I like Facebook to email me if if something happens on my on my yeah, Facebook page. So I can also just as easily delete the message when it comes in and in one click. <laughs> so which is nice. I uh, show you what I but, thought but of that. Like. It, but if people think they're paying attention, 
Yes. When they're when they're on Facebook a lot, they think they're paying attention to a lot of people. But is that true? But see, isn't that Facebook is a great example of this because what's happening? These messages are are going by at the speed of at the speed of type. You know, at the speed of pixel. These right. messages are scrolling up never to be seen again. You know, if you miss that, you know, so-and-so uh, did their laundry and had a stain on their red shirt, if you miss that status item, uh, you will never see that again. It's it's like disappeared into the history of of status changes. Um, now, of course, the, the joke is, do you really want to see that status change about the laundry? But, it, you know, if that's the case... Um, is there is there attention necessary for Facebook? Does it ask you to pay attention? And I, it asks sure it you to pay a, a pay attention to things that are um, innocuous. You and know, if you're if you're if you are forced or you willingly receive requests to pay attention to things that are innocuous, you frequently don't have time to pay attention to things that might be more than innocuous. Okay, I'm gonna. I we have to go back. We have to go further back than that, or we have to take a step back from that. Okay, um, because I I don't think it's just that. I think it's that we actually culturally have lost the ability to. And this is this is sort of an old school. You called me old school earlier. Here's an old school word. We've lost the ability to attend. Okay, now let me tell you where this came from. I teach a I teach a literature class on the side. Uh, for a um, uh, for a tutorial center, and I teach a class of I have junior high and high schoolers. I, I teach three different literature classes, and uh, so whenever I start those literature classes, one of my biggest concerns is that they read the books, and not only that they read the books that I'm that they're given to read, but they come to class able to talk about the book. And so mm-hmm. one of the first things that I do is I give them an article by uh, a name you'll recognize, Mortimer Adler, mm-hmm. uh, who wrote that great tome, How to Read a Book, Yes, which, which I always thought was funny because it's... But you, what if you don't know how to read the book? But if you don't know how to read a book. how to read the Exactly. Well, Sorry. My, my opinion now is that Adler's How to Read a Book is actually a book for authors on how to write a book more clearly for your audience. Interesting. Okay. Because Adler is the one of the few authors I know that actually writes in outline form. Hmm. He writes with utter clarity in a way that most authors don't. Mm-hmm. And so you can't use a lot of his method on an author that doesn't write in in a clear fashion. Where mm-hmm. you have to hop around and sort of figure out what an author is saying, um only portions of Adler are going to help you. But mm. he does have he has a, a smaller piece called How to Mark a Book. Hmm. And in How to Mark a Book, he talks a little bit about how to read a book, but he also talks about this, this concept of attention and that you need, you need to mark up your books mm-hmm. because that's how you have a conversation. He, you know, every, it's the idea that every book is, a, is somebody talking. It's an author talking, asking you to talk back to them. And so when you mark up a book, when you go into a book and you begin to mark it up and you, 
you yell at it and you put question marks in the in the in the margins and you underline things and you put exclamation points because you think that's the best point you've that's the best way that's ever been said you know what are you doing you're having a conversation with the book you're you're attending okay well when adler was writing uh you know students who were in school um didn't have the phones the iPads. They weren't bringing their laptops to class. And so there wasn't this constant bing, bing, bing of notification. You know, if I have mail, I should check it. Mm-hmm. And, and what I'm seeing today, I'm starting to see more and more articles where time management people say, turn off the notifications on your phone. You know when you should check your phone? When you have time to check your phone. When you slot can, it. Give slot it a slot. It. Yeah, give it yeah, a slot. There's a, guy that I read, there's a guy that I read in terms of time management that says do a half an hour email in the morning, a half an hour email at night for the urgent things. Stuff that requires more time, give it an appointment. Give it an appointment. Slot, slot then, it out. Yep. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. My wife sometimes will ask me, how does your day go? And I'm just like, oh, it was hours at the computer. But it's mostly because I let myself get sucked in, not because it was like urgent or important. Yeah, I mean, the first step I would advise people to take if you're even tempted by what we're saying right now is go into your email preferences on your computer. If you sit at a computer all day, go in and it should have in there somewhere how often you want your mail program to check whether or not you have email. Set it for like an hour. Or if you can't do that, set it for 15 minutes or half an hour. And then you don't have you, – what you're going to find is suddenly you have these times of attention because you don't have the bing, 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 the notification happening in the background. Yeah, um, or to close your email app. And yeah, turn just close phone. the but app entirely. I, but I turned my phone – like right now my phone is turned over and my computer screen is off. So I have no idea if somebody's emailed me. Yep. Um, well, you know, <laughs> one, more, one more comment on that. I went to, mm-hmm. I went to Burma with a um, disaster response team uh, a few years back. And we were completely radio silent. Um, we couldn't. You, there were. We didn't have phones. We didn't have. We could get to to an internet cafe occasionally, but where we were in the country was just not. We were radio silent, and I was radio silent for two weeks. I got back. I opened up my email, and I, seriously, I was able to get through my email in under two hours after being out of it for two weeks. Hmm. And I thought it was at that point I said, you know what? I check email way too often. Right. I do not need to be, you know, this stuff is not so vital. I like I like what you said. If you can discipline yourself for a half hour in the morning, half hour in the evening, deal with your emails. Um, I actually operate on a principle called zero inbox, which is every time I do check my email throughout the day, it either, if it's, you know, two minutes or less, I deal with it then. If it's going to take longer, I slot it in my calendar, and my inv- my email inbox is always empty. So you're not looking at stuff. I'm not looking at stuff, so I right. don't because I don't need that fret. I see too many people fretting over these inboxes with hundreds of emails in them, and they just they kind of they get to that point where it's probably better if they just delete everything and start over than try to go through it. Because it's too much. It's, it's too overwhelming. It's just too overwhelming. I mean, that's. 
that's one way to get to well, zero I think inbox. one of the reasons, and to, to route this back in terms of the ordinary means, I think one of the reasons why people might have difficulty, certainly one of the reasons that I can have difficulty with that is that I've, I've, um, many of those emails are ones I've subscribed to. And I subscribe to them for a reason because I found value in reading content from a certain provider. Um, and so there's a sense in which, and, I, and I'm, God's making me more attuned to this in my own heart, that I don't want to miss something. <laughs> and so Keep that, urge, this is, this is that, right. urge, that urge to not miss something um, it is, is tickling something. That's deeper than that. Why, why, why must I stay in the loop? What what does it give me? What benefit does it give me to stay in the loop? And it's the basic idea is that um, you know if you do what I do, um, you're on the edge of pastoral information. Um, that it's very embarrassing for someone in your congregation who is more in tune than you are to come up and say, "Did you see this article?" And you're going, mm, "No, should I have?" And that's not a, you know, that's a very sort of humiliating experience. Um, and uh, if that's something that you value, obviously. Um, and so I think that a lot of what I find in myself is that I, I want to stay up. I want to be current. And, um, and there's a value there where uh, is it more important for me to be able to walk into a Sunday morning and be current or is it more important for me to walk into Sunday morning and have been with God and have a word from him to give away? And that's where we have to examine our hearts and go, to what? I'm always attending to something. But to what am I attending? And why? Um, and those are, those, are, <laughs> those are very heart-searching questions. If you take... If you take the idea of reading a book, like you said, bring it over to the ordinary means. If you take this idea of when you read a book, you want to be having a conversation with it so that uh, what's good about the book sticks with you uh, so that when you're discussing the book in class, um, you have something to say. Uh, you know what the author is saying. We bring that over to the ordinary means. And uh, the, first, the first one that's huge, I think, is prayer. Mm-hmm. Because prayer requires attention. There's a there was an author I read recently who said, um, every book you come to, you say to the book, uh, "What do you have to say to me?" Mm-hmm. And then you wait for an answer. And I think that sums up attention. Mm-hmm. We ask, "What do you have to say to me?" And we want that answer in a sound bite. We want that answer in a blog post. You, you notice how blog posts have replaced the the journal article. Mm-hmm. Um, and I find I find increasingly I find blog posts to be unsatisfying because there's just not an they don't go far enough. They don't they don't get to the level I want them to get to. Or if they get to that level, they get to their too, they get there too fast without properly. You know, building the path to that point, giving you some context and things yeah. like that. Yeah, and I, you know, so I'm increasingly reading fewer blogs because I find that they just tend to be repeating the same things over and over again. You know, kind of, kind of like you read one blog, 
one or two blog posts from a certain person or if you follow a certain person and their blog posts for say six months, you have a good idea what they talk, what they like to talk about, what's important to them. And it's probably time to move on to a new blog. Um, but at the same time, um, there is in moving this over, I asked my students the other day, I said, how many of you we talked about how to mark a book? And I said, how do you, how many of you struggle with prayer? And every one of these Christian kids, but every one of these kids put their hands up. And I said, I see, Hmm. we don't, uh, we don't know how to attend. I mean, so in other words, instead of just getting into literature, talking about foreshadowing and irony and all those things, narrative plot, I have to start my literature classes talking about how to attend, how to pay attention to a book. Most of the books, I usually ask them what books they read. Most of the books they read are entertainment books, which is fine. There's a place for that. Um, but there's also a place for reading books that take time to get through. You know, books where you spend five minutes trying to figure out that sentence because you're not sure what that sentence means. Uh, there's, a pl- there's a place for that, particularly with, you know, with classics, with great books. Um, we got to milk them. We got to nurture, you know, we got to sort of suck out of them. What's the juice that's in between the lines. And you can't do that. Just reading cover to cover real quick. And the same thing is true of prayer. Um, because we've lost attention, we've lost prayer. Uh, I know, I think there's a lot of things that go into why we don't pray. Um, I think that our American self-sufficiency mentality I don't want mm-hmm. anybody doing anything for me. I think that plays hugely into prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, but I think attention is a big thing. We don't, you know, we're going, we're going to soccer practice. We're going to music lessons. We're going to school. We're going out to de- eat for dinner. We're going and meeting friends. We're, we're, we're checking our Facebook. You know, and all in the midst of all these things, we're checking Facebook. We're texting our, we're, you know, we're texting people back and forth. And it's just, it's going on and on and on and on. We don't know how to escape and sit down with a book and just read the book. Much less take the time. You know, this first question kids ask me, I say, I want you to mark up your books. And they, the first question is, is either, but what if I don't own my book? <laughs> and in which case, I, I have a whole method for that, how you can use paper. Um, but the other question is, it, it sounds like it's going to take me more time. And my answer is yes, because attention takes time, mm-hmm. but it's worth it. The rewards for attention outweigh everything else. So when we bring that over to to things like prayer, you know, God deserves our attention. Mm-hmm. God God deserves us spending time. And and the other thing about prayer, we all know this if we've ever if we've ever prayed, that God doesn't answer right away. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, well, I don't think necessarily yeah. that a text, uh, a text that you're reading, um, answers right away, or a sermon that you're listening to, doesn't necessarily answer right away. Sometimes the sacrament means more upon reflection in the afternoon than it did at the moment of doing it. There are many things that don't respond uh, right away, where they're not instant gratification. It's it's upon reflection, and it's it's. Uh, sustained interest it's it's attending to them that um, that they grow 
uh, in meaning personal meaning. Yeah, we we live in a time I think because I think we apply our modern technologies. Um, we apply. There's always been. If you've listened to this podcast for any length of time, you know we are not anti-technology. Um, there have always well, been ty- there have always been technology since the first. Uh, you know, caveman struck something with a uh, with a with a rock. You know, the hammer is a technology. Um, paper and pen is a technology, but. Our modern technologies, we want to be able to text God a question and have him respond back immediately with an answer. We want to be able to, you know, God, if you need me, um, you know, notify me. (laughs) Bing, God needs you now. You know, and then, but I'll be, I'll be distracted with other things, uh, you know, back here. Uh, another example of this is is in the workplace. Um, the idea of employees, you put a computer in front of them, a computer with a browser. Wow, the 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 ends of distraction are huge. Um, the the things that the, that a, an employee can be doing when they should be what doing their work. Mm-hmm. Um, but we don't know that anymore. And even bosses don't expect anymore that employees do that. College professors now uh, expect that they're going, you know, that it's going to be hard to get through to some of these kids because they, they, they want to be doing something else while you're talking, while you're lecturing. And it's not taking notes. I promise you they're not taking notes on their iPad. They're checking their mail. They're checking their Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um and we're we're all guilty. We just need to, and and I think this is something that the church first and foremost needs to recognize that this is a problem, and we need to recover attention. What what would you prescribe in that direction? Some of the things we've already, I mean, really practically, some of the things we've already said. Um, turn off the notifications. Develop new habits um, of communicating with people. Um, if you've got to keep Facebook, if there's just, you know, then then you set, give yourself time limits. Say, you know, I've got a half hour in the evening to look at Facebook and I'm, you know, I'm not going to get sucked in. Set timers in your life if you really need to because it's, it's developing habits. It's developing good habits, breaking mm-hmm. down breaking down sinful habits and we've got to just discipline ourselves for the purpose of godliness we've got to do what hebrews 12 says not the, which not the d word sean yes, yes discipline you know, hebrews 12 says fix your eyes on jesus okay and and i, I that's everything we've got to do is got to be in the context of um is this what Jesus wants me doing right now? Is this bringing glory to him? Or is this just entertaining me? There's a place for relaxation in the Christian life, but it is not as long as we think it is. Well, and I think, too, that trying to help people understand um, that they can pay attention. Mm-hmm. That their hopping through Facebook is paying attention. It's a kind it, of attention. But it's not it's, it's not deep attention. It it's not. 
But it's not that they lack the capability to be single-minded. It's that they've trained themselves to be going 43 directions at once. And they haven't trained themselves to say, that can wait. That thought that I just had, I can write that down and I can run that down later. But I don't need to right now. Um, I talk with pastors sometimes um, about how much time they spend um, preparing sermons. Um, and Sean and I have both been... Sean's coming up on uh, 11 years here of ministry in a couple of months of uh, weekly preaching ministry. And when you've been doing this for a decade, um, you develop your own habits and your own systems. Some of them are good. Some of them are bad. But if somebody is still spending 40 hours preparing a sermon after doing it for 10 years, something's wrong. (laughs) Are there really Uh, people who spend 40 hours on a sermon? I don't know if there are or not. But um, I, I think that it, it um, one can become proficient with the language, with the tools, with the text, with the habits of your own heart. There are many, many things that the pastoral epistles talk about as the responsibility of pastors, and um, and it's more than it's more than preaching sermons. It's more than writing the liturgy for Sunday. Um, there's there's a lot more there to be done, and um, so I, I find that pastors sometimes lack the ability to really focus and to do a good job on those things, like writing sermons and writing liturgy for Sunday, in such a way that there's ample time left um, for people work. And, um, and I wonder sometimes if we, we end up with this lack of attention, um, it, it makes for a convenient excuse to, to keep back from people, um, even as pastors. If, that if, we're ratcheting among so many different things at once, but very few of them are a concentrated hour and a half appointment with a person where we have prayed for them and we have a sense of how what the Holy Spirit wants to do in their life in terms of their growth. And we are there to compassionately speak uh, the gospel truth in love to them that they might grow. Um, and that concerns me greatly because if that's a fruit of what we're doing, that we spend most of our time fiddling instead of time with people. Um, that's that's a great problem since we're shepherds of sheep, not just um, not just speakers of truth. Is that you're saying that's why we don't spend time with people is because we're too busy, busy? What you called fiddling? Yeah, we absolutely. If I if I go if I go spend an hour with this person, I might miss something. Well, I, I think so. And I think what it does is that it makes me, while I'm feeling productive and in touch, I'm actually unproductive and I'm out of touch with the most important things. I, I might be out of touch of the, of the heart of God and what he wants to teach me through this text because I'm only attending even to this text for the point of teaching it, not for my own transformation. Yes. And if I'm fiddling all the time with everything uh, and forgetting uh, what's most important in a week, um, then many times I'm not actually even paying attention to the people that are in front of me who could use my attention. Uh, it, it's a lack of attention to everything, including deep attention to people because I'm, I'm um, ratcheting among so many different things like a, a telecommunications switch. I'm just going port to 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 port and I'm not stopping at a port for an hour and a half just seems bizarre to me. 
I talk to pastors and I'm just like, do you consider your elders some of those that you come alongside and you participate in their discipleship? And, um, and I get these weird looks from pastors like, really? And I'm like, <laughs> it's no wonder your church is struggling. If you don't view that part of your role as the pastor is to come alongside your elders and participate in their discipleship process and to allow them to participate in your discipleship process. And um, it, I don't know, it, it, it amazes me sometimes what people give their time to, frankly. You know, all this stuff is in the Bible. We, I mean, we don't, it's not like... But you're assuming we're paying attention to the Bible. Yeah, so. exactly. But, you know, iron sharpening iron, you know, all of the things that the Bible says about communication and interaction with one another and our need to be, you know... It, in she, community with in each other. You, yeah. In community. I was sort of avoiding that word. That's such a... That word's getting thrown around a lot lately. But the, the idea that when Jesus formed the church, he... he he could have done anything, but he decided to form something. You know, the thing that contributes to our discipleship is this crazy, mixed-up bag of sinners called the church. Mm-hmm. And yet, it's powerful. And what the new media is doing, what the new technology is doing, what our new lifestyle choices are doing, is that is they're cutting that off at the past. They're cutting that power. They're unplugging the power. Mm-hmm. And what we need to do is get back to an attention. This is this is where the simple life literature is helpful. I, I, I caution against it, but there is a value to um, thinking about the agrarian lifestyle. You know, people like Wendell Berry, mm-hmm. um, who who are thinking, or even somebody more of our readers might know someone you know more like R.C. Sproul Jr. You know, where he, where he's thinking about what does it mean to live the simple, uncomplicated life? Um, and often these, these folks have decided they're going to go agrarian, which is often very humorous because they're city boys. Um, but there's a, there's a benefit to thinking about, you know, what was life like as a farmer? Well, I promise you there was multitasking as a farmer. Oh yeah, but there was also a a, dev, a dedicated devotion to doing certain things consistently over a long period of time. You know, it doesn't. You're not. You can't plow a big field in a day, right? And uh, sure, you might be thinking about something else while you're plowing, but you also might just be thinking about plowing. Right. Uh, so, so there's a place for. Thinking, I, and I think it's helpful for Christians, particularly. I think that's why many Christians get sucked into these kind of simple life cults. Um, you know, let's go live on a uh, on a compound somewhere together and and just supply for one another's needs. Um, there's something attractive about that. I think we know inherently that this busy lifestyle that we're living is not right. That it's not what God wants for us. That mm-hmm. God actually wants our lives to be dedicated to attending to specific things, to attending to his word, attending to prayer, uh, attending to the Lord's Supper, uh, attending to relationships, and, uh, and in the kind of relationships where iron sharpens iron. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when, we do, when that- we do that... It, you know, it doesn't matter whether you live a f- on a farm or in the city. You know, that's that's pretty radical. 
you know, you're not walking around with your phone glued to your face. Well, I think that it's, it's, and uh, most of the people who listen to our podcast more than likely are church leaders of some sort or another, but I think that this has to start um, with leaders in churches because I think that we can uh, appropriately want to be all things to all people. And so we want to minister to the actual people that are around us with the actual struggles and stuff that they have. So we can't be Luddite. We can't be, you know, inattentive to um, the real world conditions of the people that are around us. But on the other hand, um, I have never had an experience. I'm sorry. I've had one experience in two decades of ministry where someone did not want me to be interested in them. And, and it, uh, and the experience happened just a couple of weeks ago and it was just the most mystifying thing that I think I've ever had happen. But that's among hundreds and hundreds of interactions with people that if we actually learn how to attend to people and love our neighbor, where you started with all this, Sean, um, it's a huge thing. Christians to Christians, Christians to non-Christians. This is not just, you know, hey, could you listen to our sermons better? It's that the that life is paying attention to God and paying attention to people. Isn't that the form that love takes? And don't we pay attention to God when we when we immerse ourselves in the means that he's given us? And don't we pay attention to people when we put the phone aside and turn it over so we don't know if somebody emailed us or texted us or called us and we actually give our full attention to this person for an hour, an hour and a half um, and love them? Uh, could it really be that simple? Maybe it is. I, I would have to agree. I think that's a. I think that's a good place to leave our listeners this month. Um, we thank you for uh, thank you for joining us. Thank you for attending to us for the past thirty forty minutes. Um, we hope we've been a benefit, and if we if we have, uh, if we've encouraged you to walk. Uh, more closely with the Lord, we uh, please let your friends know. Uh, write a blog post about us. Just kidding, and tag us on Facebook. Whatever you want to do, um, but our, more than anything else, yes. Our, for our four Facebook followers, for our four Facebook followers, which is one more than our listeners, um, we only have three of those. May the Lord richly bless you as you attend to Him through his ordinary means. Mm-hmm.